Hi, everybody. Hello. Welcome to this session. Yeah, this episode. This is a recording sesh. This session's showed <laughs> right. of Lost Boss Bitch. Hello. We're out of February now, um, which I, f- I feel bad that we didn't do more African-American women, uh, women of I. I I just I want to we we it caught up to us and we didn't know we record very early and then yeah. we do these recordings and February is a very short month yeah which is another way jarring. that that um you know the ba- black population of the United States has gotten shafted shafted for real um yeah. but we're just gonna counteract that by having women of color all, all the throughout time. the year all the goddamn time we're gonna have them we're gonna celebrate all of them yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I say mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not talking about a woman of color today, uh, mm-hmm. but it is Women's History Month this month. Shit. Yeah. Did you know that? God, no. I'm so bad with something like that, ho- like holiday, like be- benchmarks. Like this is this day. I'm, I'm living in like a dream world. I'm lucky. Fueled, I'm still alive, right? You know. Oh yeah, me too. Just doing the best me we can. My genetics aren't helping me experientially. Like, whoa. Yeah. But here we are. I don't know. I um, I was talking to my father-in-law today because he's in town. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're talking about the way that uh, white people age and mm-hmm. how it's just generally terrible. Oh, my God. Terrifying. White people are the worst at aging. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to hit 40 and then my skin is going to melt off my face. And I'm going to look like a shrunken old grandmother. Yeah, totally. I looked at my skin today and I know when I get older, it's going to be like like tissue paper, you know, uh-huh. where it's like if you touch it, it like falls up, you know, like it's just like falls apart. You can see what's going underneath. So transparent. Like I'm going to be like a like an old doily. Uh, same. You know, like but one I, of those those really delicate um, knitted blankets that people used to yeah. have as decoration. That's exactly. just going to be don't my whole them. body. Yeah. Don't touch. Don't touch it. Yeah. Every once in a while, someone will dust it and like it will unravel a bit. Yes. And that, yeah. That's and God forbid you sneeze. No, don't Because that's even. just going to destroy your, your body. Mm-hmm. I threw my neck out the other day sneezing. Ugh, God. I'm 32. What the fuck? Fucking, I don't fucking know. Yeah. God. I, that being said, I'm going on a date later tonight, so. <laughs> Maybe it's going to blow your life. Best. I am. This is, this is a date now. I'm, an, I'm a redhead now, so I'm going to be more bubbly and zanier. Is it your first date as a redhead? Yeah, uh, second actually. Okay. Um, was your first date as a redhead a whole different? Ow! I pulled my hair out. It was out. a whole different ball game, baby. Wow. I was a lot of physical comedy. A lot of I always make fun of redheads because I'm like, oh, you just wanted to be like they all love Lucille Ball. You know, they're right. like, I just want to be her. <laughs> like, no, now this is me. I'm in. You're, you're I'm Lucille like, Ball. I can't make fun of redheads anymore. No, like, you can't. Just can't do it. Yeah, you look um, good as redhead. I like it a lot. Thank you. I'm very very pasty so it works out a little bit it does look really nice with your skin tone but i wouldn't say it's because you're pasty i think it's just a nice thank you they also and you probably have this done a million times because of your background Mm -hmm. uh, in cosmetology but they dyed my eyebrows for the first time ever and i was like what are you doing (laughs) like chill the fuck out you're gonna be okay yeah it's gonna be fine yeah Um, oh yeah i used to dye my eyebrows all the time yeah Mm -hmm. did you is there like because she's like they're gonna fall out pretty like how frequent do you have to do eyebrows? I would say at least once a month. Yeah. If you could do it every two to three weeks. Would you do it for me? Yeah. I know what dye I used to. She sent me the formulas. Okay. Yeah. Help me. I can also <laughs> just get it for you and then you can put it on yourself at home. Yeah. Whatever. If you want to teach gonna, me it's one not, time. Yeah. 
I don't think it'll dye your skin. Very, but I don't. I also have to be very careful about how long you put it on, right? Well, yeah. Set a timer, Rebecca. What's that? (laughs) (laughs) How do I get anywhere? I've I've burnt completely. (laughs) I don't have any (laughs) temporal identity. Where am I? (laughs) Who are you? Parking meters? No. Oh, speaking. I'm going to have you? to pay my parking meter again. Uh-oh. Doesn't matter. Anyway, guys, we're no. here. We made it. We're going to talk about some lost boss bitches. We are. Um, do you want me to start or do you want to start? Uh, you start. I, yeah. Okay. You ready to get into this shit? Yes. 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 Okay. So today I'm going to talk about Harper Lee. <gasps> Heard of her? To her, Killing Mockingbird? To Kill a Mockingbird. Uh, the other book that she wrote that came out like two years ago that was not good. But because, well, I'll get into that. <gasps> okay. All right. I'm, so Harper wait. Lee was born Nell Harper Lee, April 28th, 1926 in Monroeville, Alabama. Um, her mom was a homemaker. Her father was a former newspaper editor and proprietor. What's a proprietor, guys? I can't be bothered to look it up. Like, is that a biz man? Like a business A dude. biz man? So he was a proprietor. He uh-huh. practiced law, and he served in the Alabama State Legislature from 1926 to 38. Um, his name was A.C. Lee, and he before he became a title lawyer, he once defended two black men accused of murdering a white storekeeper, which, Mm-mm. because To Kill a Mockingbird Sounds was familiar. pretty autobiographical, <laughs> uh, that kind of informed that storyline. Mm-hmm. So um, both of his clients, the father and the son, were hanged, which is very sad. That's very sad. Um, so Harper attended, well, Nell. Mm-hmm. Harper Lee was her pen name, and we'll get to that. So relax. Mm-hmm. But she went to Monroe County High School um, and developed an interest in English literature early on. And then after graduating in 1944... She attended the all-female Huntingdon, it's spelled funny, okay. um, college in Montgomery for a year, but then transferred to Alabama, University of Alabama in Tuscaloosa, which is my favorite yeah. name for any town ever. Tuscaloosa. Oh, you ever been Ooh. to Tuscaloosa? I saw an old jug band in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> Tuscaloosa. They were great. You gotta sound like you almost died. <laughs> like you just like, your diaphragm's gonna fall I'm out. sorry. Through your bottle. <laughs> but I'm about to get on my horse and have him lead the way home. I don't know who I am anymore. <laughs> Tuscaloosa. Um, actually, it's Tuscaloosa. There's no other K, but there should be. Oh, God, who cares? Sorry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she studied law for a couple years and wrote for the university newspaper, but she didn't complete a degree, which I think is great. Did she get pregnant? No. I think she may have been either a little... She's There's no love life for her at all, so mm-hmm. I don't know if yeah. she was a lesbian and didn't feel comfortable with talking about that or if maybe she just wasn't into anybody, you know? An early asexual. I feel like there's a lot of rumors about her sexuality. Yeah. I read about her. Yeah. Um, but in the summer of 1948, she attended a summer school in the European Civilization at Oxford University. Um, yeah. it, her dad paid for it because he hoped that... Uh, the experience would make her more interested in her legal studies in Tuscaloosa. All right. But oh. it didn't work. Because oh. she soon moved north to follow her dreams to become a writer. Oh. Ever heard of that? <laughs> uh, who does that? <laughs> I'm so dumb. Um, so in 49, she was 23 at the time, she arrived in New York City. Mm-hmm. And uh, she struggled financially for several years working as a ticket agent for Eastern Airlines and for the British Overseas Air Corp, or 
Boak. Mm-hmm. Uh, but while in the city, she re- reunited with her old friend Truman Capote. Yes. Because they grew up together. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, he, of course, was a literary rising star. We all know who Truman Capote is. Mm-hmm. Um, and she also befriended a Broadway composer and lyricist named Michael Martin Brown and his wife, Joy. This is important for, you'll see in two seconds. Mm-hmm. So in 56, the Browns gave Lee an impressive Christmas present. They said that they would support her for a year so that she could write full time. I have a request this Christmas, Lindsay, for you and your husband to uh, support can you support me for a year. Sure. Just um, because because you're good pals. Good pals that do that. You know? Okay. Uh so that happened. She quit her job and she devoted herself to the craft. Um, they also helped her find an agent, Maurice Crane. Uh, who hooked her up with a publisher called J.B. Lippincott, which is no longer um, a thing. Uh, J.B. Lippincott Company, mm-hmm. who were interested in her work. And she worked with this e- editor named Tay Hohoff, um, who was a huge part in how To, uh, to Kill a Mockingbird came to be. Um, Lee worked on her manuscript set in the small Alabama town. Uh, and in spring... Uh, 1957, she was 31 at the time, Lee delivered the man's manuscript for what was called at the time Ghost at a Watchman mm-hmm. um, to Hohoff. Um, wait, no. his a- The agent sent it, doesn't matter, sent it to the publisher and they eventually bought it. But uh, when Hohoff got the, the transcript, um, she wasn't, she was impressed. She said mm-hmm. the spark of the true writer flashed in every line. Um, but it felt like more of a series of anecdotes than a fully conceived novel. Mm -hmm. So the women worked closely together for about three years, getting the novel into shape. Um, It looked like the author and editor were like a really good team. Um, Hohoff said, when she disagreed with the suggestion, we talked it out, sometimes for hours, and sometimes she came around to my way of thinking, sometimes I to hers, sometimes the discussion would open up an entirely new line of um, of country, which sounds awesome, but also just like, yeah, so much talking about writing. Oh my God, yeah. I don't, to write a book, a novel, like. I can't. I mean, such a tremendous undertaking. Yes. Um, so eventually it paid off. And uh, the the novel was finally ready um, for publishing in 1960. And Harper Lee decided to use Harper Lee rather than use her first name of Nell because she was afraid people would call her Nellie, which I think is a valid worry. Yeah. So that's how she got her pen name. Um, It was published July 11th, 1960, and it was an immediate bestseller and won great critical acclaim, including a little thing called the Pulitzer Prize for Fiction in 1961. God Her first fucking novel. Can you imagine? Like, holy shit. Yes. Just like your first thing, kind of like... I don't know. Just like people like, oh, we're going to support you. Just like do this thing. Like, Uh it feels like a dream. yeah, it is a dream. You don't, you don't see all the work that goes into it, but because it, it sounds like just like this overnight thing, right? But it really does sound like that. Yes, I I am interested, and I don't know. I didn't uh, look into it, but what she was doing in the three years, like, well, I guess they bought it. They bought mm-hmm. the manuscript, and then they worked together to get it. So I guess that's how she was financially stable then, because yeah. she only had a year with the Browns' money yeah. to get the the novel out. 
So, as we all know, um, it's a pretty autobiographical novel set in Alabama. Scout is a similar character um, as Harper was mm-hmm. growing up. And uh, Scout's friend Dill in the novel mm-hmm. was inspired by her childhood friend, Truman, Truman Capote. Capote. Um, so, after she completed the novel, uh, she accompanied Capote to Holcomb, Ca- Kansas to ascend. Blah, to assist him in researching what they thought would be an article on a small town's response to the murder of a farmer. Mm-hmm. Um, but he ended up expanding the material into his best-selling book, In Cold Blood, mm-hmm. published in 1966. Um, so apparently they had a little bit of a falling out after the book. They stayed kind of friends, but when he published it, he thanked her and he thanked her and dedicated it to both his longtime boyfriend mm-hmm. and her, but never kind of said how much help she was with the book. Interesting. So it turned into a little bit of an icy yeah. relationship, which is too bad. It's too bad. Um, but they were still they weren't they weren't like estranged. Yeah. They were just not as chummy as they once were. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was a super private person and from the time of publication of To Kill a Mockingbird until her death, she granted pretty much no requests for interviews or public appearances, um, with a, with the exception of a few short essays, she didn't publish another thing until 2015, which is crazy. Um, this is really like, um, interesting to me because she obviously is a really amazing writer and we all think of her as an iconic yeah. Novelist. Well, it's like the it's like one of the if not the most important piece of fiction, yes. American fiction. I yeah, think. absolutely. Um, but she so she did work on a couple other projects. Um, mm-hmm. The Long Goodbye was one. It was a follow up novel, but she never finished it. Mm-hmm. And then during the mid nineteen eighties, she began working on um, a true crime book about an Alabama serial murderer. <gasps> but then she didn't finish that either. Um, uh, let's see. So there was obviously in the South, To Kill a Mockingbird was a bit of a um, a bit of a, like scandalous book because racism. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was um, a school board in Richmond, Virginia that wanted to ban the book because it was quote unquote immortal literature. Mm-hmm. And I really like this quote from her. She uh, wrote a letter that said. Recently, I've received echoes down this way of Hanover County School Board's activities, and what I've heard makes me wonder if any of its members can read. Mm. Surely it's plan... Surely it is plain to the simplest intelligence that To Kill a Mockingbird spells out in words of seldom more than two syllables a code of honor and conduct. Christian in its ethic, that is the heritage of all Southerners. To hear that the novel is immoral has made me count the years between now and 1984. I've yet to come across a better example of double think. Mm. I feel, however, that the problem is one of literacy, not Marxism. Therefore, I enclose a small contribution to the Beetle Bumble fund that I hope will um, be used to enroll the Hanover County School Board in any first grade of its choice. Whoa. Yes, girl. Oh, damn. Tell them they're stupid. Icy as fuck. Um, I love that shit. I also, when I think about... uh, Harper Lee, I think of like Tignataro. Yes, head, yes. Right? Maybe it's like a similar haircut, but. It is, but also I feel like they've got similar vibes, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so she's 
been offered a lot of honorary um, uh, diplomas and that kind of thing. She when looked, do I I want to not work for it. Like I want to work really hard and then like yes, I want to not. I want to get a diploma for n- not studying. I agree. When I don't then? have a. Di- I mean, I have a cosmetology license. If you count that, hell yeah, I do. Uh, it's been more helpful to me than my, <laughs> my <laughs> fucking diplomas. Although I do know that if if this uh, writing shit doesn't work out, then I'm like, well, I guess I can maybe manage a Starbucks. They probably want you to have a bachelor degree at least, though. Oh, what? What? No. Huh. Why? That's just how the world works, I guess. I don't know. So, um, like you talked about earlier, there was one other book that was published under Harper Lee's name, and that was Ghost at a Watchman. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was published in 2015. Uh but so it's pretty controversial because it was discovered by her lawyer, Tanya Carter, in a safe deposit box. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in 2015, it was announced that HarperCollins would uh, publish it. Um, but a lot of people were like, okay, Harper is 88 years old. Mm-hmm. She has faltering health we don't think that she wanted this published because yeah. considering... It's in a fucking lockbox. Exactly. And she's published one book in her life. Mm-hmm. So obviously she wants it to be pretty fucking perfect before yeah. everybody reads it. Yeah, don't fucking... I wonder about this too when people are like, They're, we're publishing more of their shit we found around their house. It's like, no. No. Don't do it. They don't want people to see that. Yeah. That's Can why you it's imagine? goddamn published. Exactly. Ugh. Um... But when questions arose, whether it was her decision or not, she issued a statement through Carter, who was the woman who found the fucking thing, Mm -hmm. and said, I'm alive and kicking and happy as hell with the reactions to Watchmen. Um, So that didn't really quell people's fears, Mm -hmm. um, because apparently in 2011, her sister, Alice, had written um, a note that said Lee would, quote unquote, sign anything put before her by anyone Mm -hmm. in whom she has confidence. Whoa, problematic. Yes. So the book was published, um, and it was kind of touted as a follow-up to To Kill a Mockingbird because Scout, the main character, was now a 26-year-old woman Mm -hmm. on her way back um, home. But uh, apparently it was actually part of the first draft of To Kill a Mockingbird. Okay. So Hmm. anyway... I don't think it was meant to be published. Yeah. Have you read any of it? I haven't. Have you? No. It didn't. I don't know if I want to. I don't know. It says the controversial novel and shocking portrayal of a beloved character sparked debates among fans on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, they, it led to people analyzing her creative process, which is obviously a very long creative. Like, yeah. Even for To Kill a Mockingbird, she worked on the manuscript for years. Mm-hmm. Then when she finally gave it to an editor, they worked on it for three more years to get it ready for publication. And then the other two books she tried to write, she didn't finish. So yeah. anyway, Come on, I don't yeah. think she wanted it published, but I don't know her personally. Yeah, and she, if any of her like, if you asked her, she, like, did you want this? She'd be like, yeah. Like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. If she, if she trusted you. Exactly. Um, but we'll never know because she died February 19th, 2016 at the ripe old age of 89. And her nephew, Hank Connor, said that she died in her sleep at an assisted living facility in Monroeville, her hometown. Aww. So very interesting lady. 
Um, yeah, with Truman Capote and Yeah, yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. I had no, I honestly, I obviously have read To Kill a Mockingbird, but I never realized that that was her one novel. Yeah. I actually, there's a great documentary about her. That, yeah. Uh, I forget what it's called, but it, yeah, it really, I mean, it really showcases her reclusiveness and mm-hmm. privacy and like talked about like this process that we don't like her writing. Yeah. They talked a lot about like her, like n- no one knew her really. Yeah. Well. Maybe Truman was the closest anybody came to really knowing her. And who knew him? And who knew him very well? You know, it's like yeah. it's a couple of like souls lost. Yeah, <laughs> just, just a drift. Out, just, just probably sitting in silence a lot in cars. But love and true Fancy crime, cars. both of them. Yeah, both of them. Just a couple of Southerners. Yeah, really want to know about some murder. murders. Yeah, who can blame them? Oh, I love that. Someone write a buddy movie about that. Oh yeah, right? that'd be fun. That'd be fun. That'd be super fun. Yeah. Well, I love her. I love that book. My dad, I feel like he had all these. I think that's why he became a lawyer because he read that book. Yeah. Like Atticus Finch, like very like moral, uh-huh. upstanding. Um, but it's fucking great. It's yeah. fucking great. My woman is also a kind of contemporary. She's awesome. actually still alive. Um, but uh, it's very much shifting gears. Uh, I want to talk about the most famous uh, Mexican drug cartel leader. Yeah. Uh, Sandra Avila Beltran. Okay. Called the Queen of the Pacific. Damn. Fuck yeah, Miss Beltran. <laughs> yeah, there's some pictures here that I'm going to share. They're they're real good. They're real good. Um, so Sandra Avila Beltran was born in Baja, California, Mexico. Um, and she was born into the Guadalajaran cartel. So she'd already had it. And family connections played a huge role in her criminal ca- career. And she calls herself or called herself a third generation drug trafficker. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, she's the niece of Miguel uh, Angel Felix Gallar. Oh, God. I'm so Midwestern. Sorry, everybody. Um, he was the godfather of the Mexican drug trade. Uh, and he was serving a f- she, he, all of her family. They just like were all involved in it but i don't think anyone expected her to get as involved in it um she started like helping out her family she had affairs with several well-known drug barons in her youth she was married twice um both of her husbands were ex-police commanders who wow drug traffickers traffickers which is like holy shit damn yeah someone should write some shit about her holy yeah because i mean netflix and amazon all have like a million drug cartel shows and nobody's covering this lady i know i mean and i haven't watched like, them but i assume she was like super glam too, like oh, fucking fuck yeah. in it, and like she like no comment to the police, but like was so public about everything. Um, so she, yeah, so she was married twice to both her husbands were ex police commanders who became drug tra- traffickers, and both of them were later killed by hired assassins. Not sure who did it. I have no hard idea. To say. Yeah, very hard. Never inconclusive. Know. <laughs> uh, the police attribute her rise to power in the drug world primarily to her most recent relationship with Juan Diego Espinosa Ramirez, alias the Tiger, who's said to be important. He's a Colombian drug cartel. She only like it's just like you live it, you are it, and yes. then you rise to the top of it. Yes. Um. So she. Uh, would ship cocaine. I mean, like when we talk about, you know, drug cartels, especially in Mexican, you know, Guadalajara and Colombian, it's all cocaine. So there's like a lot of pictures of her with cocaine. Um, and she, again, she's like, if you cross her, don't do it. You'll, you'll get killed. Yeah. Yeah. She, she's going to hire somebody to kill you. Exactly. And she's also known like before killing these people to like 
get in the way of, sh- of huge shipments that they were kind of the leads on mm-hmm. and like get them into like danger, like really hot water. You don't want to fuck with her. Do not fuck with Sandra Vila Beltran. Um, despite her high profile lifestyle, she <laughs> avoid she she never like got arrested really until we'll get there. But um, she was she avoided any like cop confrontation. So mm-hmm. again, it's like it speaks to her power, all the shit that she would do. Um, in 2002, however, she unexpectedly contacted authorities for help with her teenage when her teenage son was kidnapped for five million dollars in USD. Um, so like she finally had to go to them. Oh no, to get her kid back. Um, and she she thought too uh, that it wouldn't raise suspicions at all, and it wouldn't like launch an investigation. And ah! the police were like, eh, "Yeah, we're gonna look into this shit." Yeah, no, this usually has to, like a, a common occurrence. No, people don't people. just kidnap a kid. No, for fun. Exactly. And like, uh, she's like, "I'm nobody. My kid got kidnapped. Can somebody help me?" Everyone's like, and "They want Bullshit. five million dollars. <laughs> That's it. Just a small sum." Um. So she eventually got her son back, but not without raising, again, all these suspicions. It took more than four years and 30 federal agents to close in and finally arrest her after. This was kind of like her breaking point in 2002. So, again, at this point, she's in her 40s, top of her game. They finally get her. Um, She was arrested along with Espinosa Ramirez, which was her lover at the time. Um and someone that she had like gotten in the way of shit like she was already like on the outs with him so she was like fucking with the shit mm-hmm. um oh love you know yeah right um so she was arrested in Mexico City she was charged with and convicted of laundering money for billions of dollars worth of drugs smuggled from Colombia to Mexico damn yikes in a tape of her police interrogation she describes herself as a housewife who earns a little money on the side wow selling clothes and renting houses oh, oh. she's like I just was on my way to Pilates when this happened it's so weird How did this happened to me guys I just love to brunch I know I'm just trying to go to the school bake sale and, yeah. and make some money for my community just, you know what you too could earn six figures and pay for a, a vacation I'm just really good at being a mom yeah you know <laughs> I'm mom so hard <laughs> so hard so uh when asked why she had been arrested she responded because of an extradition order in the United States her life behind bars uh she she went to women's prison in Mexico City and she didn't like it she was not into it so she filed a complaint with the Human Rights Commission saying her cell had bugs, uh, which she thought like made her like she like had an allergic reaction to the bugs in her cell. Mm-hmm. Um, she also said the ban on bringing in food from restaurants violated her human rights. Wow, yeah, get it, get it. Just a mom. She's just a mom. She's just a mom let who her loves mom. restaurants. I know. Let her like n- nutrition exactly fly free. Um. In March 2009, journalist Anderson Cooper, yeah, heard of him, heard of him, uh, interviewed her for the tel- for 60 Minutes, um, and an investigation was launched after a doctor was allowed to enter the prison to give her Botox. Stop. Yeah, she fucking she was like, I'm in prison. I'm gonna make it count. Like, yeah, I'm gonna be difficult. Yeah, I want my shit here. Um, so nobody, <laughs> you can't authorize Botox for inmates for any reason. No, everyone's like, what's going on? So the prison's director and hospital chief were fired because of it. Uh, so she was causing trouble left and right, even when sounds she's like not. some shenanigans. She definitely she was a colorful lady, you know. I mean, uh, just like a lowly housewife who just had a couple of things going on. She just made some extra scratch on the side, That's guys. It. That's Stop it. Stop it. Why is everyone so interested? Seriously. <laughs> um. So all of her drug charges were dropped in early 2011. Um, but she remained in jail for possession of illegal weapons and is undergoing extradition proceedings to the United States 
for drug trafficking. Um, She's going to be so upset when she has to be in front of those cameras in the courtroom and she hasn't had her Botox for a couple years. Right. Um, So in 2012, several Mexican judges ruled out major obstacles to extradite her. And this is, again, why she the charges were dropped. Uh, Previous requests seeking to extradite her had denied twice by a panel. All this shit was happening. Um, while while cocaine shipments were still going to Chicago, what? Jail. Yeah, it's like the it, the train never stops. Right, okay? it it does not stop for anybody. Um, she denied all the charges for her plea deal, but they couldn't. They still like, couldn't pin it on her. So again, she's in for weapons in a prison in Mexico, but the United States is still uh, was still trying to trying to get her in their possession. Um, she went to federal. Prison, yeah, I'm getting the time limit in uh, 2013, but was released in 2015 and now lives in Guadalajara. Wow! Since her arrest in 2007, she said spent seven years in prison, two years in isolation, which must have been hard for her. Yes, holy shit! I hope did she get takeout? I don't know. Probably not. Right? Ooh, um, she's living a quiet life. Yeah, right. Okay, just selling some clothes <laughs> on <Guadalajara>. the side. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who knows what's gonna happen next? But she's um. In her 60s now. Maybe she's... So I think we can still maybe hear some shit from her. I think so. Maybe. Or at least one of her daughters or sons. I know, She's just like, keep the family business afloat. Keep it in the family. Yeah. Let's let's make some money. And if anybody pisses you off, Hmm. just kill them. Just kill them. Boom. You learn shit. You learn shit every day. It's true. Yeah. Good for her. that is uh, Sandra Avila Beltran, Queen of the Pacific. I love her. She, I mean, she's just like, yeah, okay, I'm in prison. I get it. Yeah. That doesn't mean I have to yet. <laughs> stop my quality of life. Yeah, she's like, I want hibachi. Yes. <laughs> I want them to, to bring, <laughs> bring that fucking table <laughs> right. into this prison. In my mouth. I want from a volcano made of an onion. Mm-hmm. I want fucking fire to come out of that shit. That's right. And then I want them to chop that up. That's right. And put it in my beef. Exactly. And I want to get Botox beforehand so I look good while doing it. Yes. Oh my god, she's amazing! I love uh, her love so her. fucking much. Well, I think that may have been the most different our ladies have ever been. Yes, but interesting. I feel like we have a lot of women who are of the similar time, like the time yeah, that's true, somewhat aligned or like yeah. pretty close. Um, for yeah, for a lot of them, but yeah. yeah, they are very, very different. That's true. I but they probably still would have been friends, maybe. Yeah. Do you think she read To Kill a Mockingbird? I hope so. <laughs> right? She should. In it's prison, great reading. <laughs> That's the link. Oh, <laughs> guys, we're all connected. We just don't know it. Yep. You're welcome. You're welcome. Live your life. Yeah. Enriched. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, thanks for listening. Yes, we have uh, a glorious interview next time. Yes. Um, who do we have? Who was it? Eh? Anyway, there's we'll an interview. Just, yeah, just listen wait to it. For it. Yeah, why don't you be surprised? Yeah. Okay, just fucking. We don't listen, tell you sometimes shit you don't get spoilers. Transparency all the time. Just fucking be patient. Yeah, and trust. We're here for you. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Next time. Bye. Bye.